Hello. This is your Midnight Marauder program. I'm on the front of your cover. I will be enhancing your cassettes and CDs with certain facts that you may find beneficial. The average bounce meter for your Midnight Marauder program will be in the area of 95 BPM. We hope that you will find our presentation precise, bass heavy, and just right. Looking for a musical conversation with substance? Inclusive, with hosts just like you. Well, we have you covered. Welcome to the Music Challenge Podcast. Sit back and relax. I'm Andrew with Jack, Kevin, and Rob, and we're sharing our favorite top shelf albums. Come for the music and stay for the conversation. And welcome to the Music Challenge Podcast. My name is Andrew, and I'm here with Kevin, Judd, and Rob tonight. And we will be discussing uh, the album by Tribe Called Quest called Midnight Marauders from 1993. And uh, it was a very formative album. Uh, Jeb picked this one. We shall. It was. It was my pick. Um, Yeah. We we can hold off on the presentation. We'll hold off on the the talk. in the, you know, the frivolities and all that for a few minutes. But uh, so in any case, uh, I guess we want to go around the round table. And, uh, well, first of all, I'd like to uh, give a shout out to our international listeners who are holding in there strong for us. Uh, I'd like to say hello Ooh. to uh, everyone in the UK who was listening. And uh, Germany. Germany, actually. <laughs> that's going to get them to love you so much. That, that's right, right. We that's so, wow. It's so endearing. <laughs> yes, let's do, let's do the accent of whoever uh, there's listening. Uh, Germany, sorry about that, guys. Uh, <laughs> Japan. It's, uh, uh, no, yeah, I can't do that. No, Ireland. Really? Man, that's odd. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening. I can't believe that we can talk to people halfway across the world and they really listen to what we're talking about. Yeah, what amazes me is they actually listen to more than one episode, it seems. So it's like, yeah. Thank you, guys. Yeah. For average Americans talking about music, I guess. (laughs) Which, yeah, I tried to put in the graphics, but it just didn't work. So, uh, Kevin, uh, how have you been doing, man? What's going on? I'm uh, I'm doing great. Thanks. Uh, it's great to have all of us back. We've done a few of these episodes without Jed, so we're so glad to have you back, buddy. Great to have you. And uh, I don't know. Um, you know, uh, we're in the dog days of summer. It's hot as hell. Um, Hell's you know, yeah. Um, we just um, yesterday, uh, Dusty Hill from ZZ Top died. So I was yes. listening to ZZ Top these past couple of days. Major Me as bummer, well. but. Uh, Toes up, right? Like Trace Ombres and uh, yeah, Haas, 
Yeah, I was relating on our Facebook page. Uh, ZZ Top was actually the very first concert I ever went to. What? Oh yeah, yeah. that's right. Didn't you get? Didn't you get a keychain? No, I got a, a pair of cheap sunglasses. There for we bucks. go. Classic. <laughs> that is nice. nice. They were so dark. They were the darkest sunglasses I ever had in my life. <laughs> Dude, those things so, would probably be beautiful, right? It was now. actually the Afterburner tour. Uh, Velcro fly and whatnot. Uh, right. Changes and stuff like that. And uh, but they had a section of the show where they play like you know cheap sunglasses and uh, sure. waiting for the bus. Lagrange waiting for the bus is fucking awesome. Oh yeah. Like, it's funny you say that because Kevin is and a handful of other people like group text and whatever. We talk about music and I got like three messages right in a row. I was like, no. And I'm driving in Ohio and I was like, kids, we're listening to Trey's own brace. (laughs) And I played them just a bunch (laughs) of crazy shit. Right. So I throw that on and then LaGrange comes on and I was like, I know this tune. Okay. I know who they are. And that's towards the end of the album. Right. Um, Trey's own brace. But dude, that album fucking rips dude yeah it does i mean you know tejas is another great album of theirs like they're just they're just one of those bands um i don't know great road trip music um sure kind of rambling um and then the other cool thing about trace ombrace is that gatefold um when you open it up it's got that gatefold and it's a basically it's like a tex-mex meal and some chef in Austin, Texas recreated it. If you have oh, to look yes, at this thing. I read that. Yeah. Um, I mean, just amazing stuff. So I don't know. Um, yeah. Listening to some uh, some ZZ Top um, yeah. over the past couple of days and just, um, you know, just trying to get through the summer and hopefully this, whatever the Delta variant uh, leads us, hopefully I can see some live music. Yes. Exactly, or the uh, yeah. Let's Zeta. not go down that. Let's not go down that route. Yeah. So just uh, hanging on. So how you doing, Rob? You up um, to? I'm good. I just got back from from Pennsylvania. I went and picked up my daughter, my nephew. Uh, my mom lives out that way in the mountains, and it was magical. I had a great ride out there. Record time: eleven hours, eighteen minutes, and with my dog. And um, stayed for four days, five days, something like that. And then drove back yesterday. And this trip back home wasn't quite as smooth because of construction and traffic. But uh, so be it. Um, All of that driving, Rob, what was your MVP album? Man, I think I'm going to go with, with, I'm going to go with William Tyler, dude. That is just... That shit in the mountains, like, I swear to God. Like, yeah. and he's from Tennessee. He knows those low slung, right? Isn't he from Nashville? He knows those low slung, like, green rolling mountains. 
that's what that album sounds like, dude. Yeah. Like it's it sounds like, like what I was doing. It like was a road trip. Yeah. Yeah. Like road trip music through the hills. Yep. Yeah. It was Modern Country true. is the name of that album. If you haven't check it, it out, if you don't know it, it's fucked. You want to go through awesome. on a road trip through the hills, dude. <laughs> I know me and you need to go on a road trip through the hills. Yeah, I was just I was when you said that you uh you drove out there with your dog, I was like, oh my God, I have never I've done a lot of long road trips, but I've never done one with just me and my dog. Dude, I, she's my running partner, dude. I've and uh I wish times. I and it just makes me really I mean, I love my dog. Winnie's the like, most amazing dog in the world, but she's Great the name. worst car dog ever and she just drools everywhere freaks out and then like after like three hours just falls asleep for the rest of it but like yeah if she gets out of the car then it's just like the same thing again it just like starts all over like she never adjusts and our other dog that we have two and our other dog which is the same breed and she gets she still gets sick sometimes sometimes but she's getting way better um, but Polly is just a running dog, dude. She, and she'll sleep. And then we get to my mom's and I'm throwing the frizz before. And she was like, you know, t- 12 hours in a car. <laughs> She's an Australian shepherd for Christ's sake. She's like, I want to run after something. She um, runs, that's when you get a remote control car with a bunny on it. Dude, she would <laughs> fucking, and she flies. So anyways, that's what I've been doing the last, I don't know, better part of a week. How about you, Drew? What's up, buddy? How about me? Oh, let's see. Oh, wow. The creator Uh, of this whole thing. Oh, the creator. Pod Saya, remember? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. I call you that from now on. Saw a few movies. I've uh, uh, watched a few shows. Let's see. I did watch uh, one movie I saw. It was called The Green Book. It was really good and musical. Uh, What it was about was uh, was in the 60s and this kind of uh, dude from the Bronx, brawler, kind of half mob guy, gets hired to drive a black musician and classical pianist through the South in the 60s uh, on tour and on musical tour. And uh, as you imagine, you know, it's quite a precarious trip as he's playing these uh, practical country clubs and stuff. And in the in segregated south where places where he couldn't even uh, use the indoor facilities wow. uh, places where he couldn't even eat dinner uh, and uh, this guy has to do some protecting of him and some kind of uh, they would do different things to, Ch- to keep him going they would do that to Chuck Berry in some freaking cities I swear to god I read that like no he can't stay at that hotel Mm-hmm. What? No, all of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, every single one. Yeah. I mean, don't even start with, so the, the, with green the ladies book is actually, music. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. The Green Book is actually, it's a book that was out in the 60s where mm. uh, African and whatever blacks could stay in, uh, you know, like these are the hotels that are segregated. From- oh, that's, you're right. Yeah. I have, I've heard of that before. Like these are the paths to take because you're black and these are the smoothest paths to take. Right. You don't get fight. So these will be friendly. These won't. And these, right. it tells you about the sundown towns. Yeah. I was just going to say yeah. like curfews and shit. Right. Dude, that's really fucked, fucked up. That is yeah. fucked right. Up. So he was using the, you know, they had to stay at separate hotels, but eventually he started sneaking them in his hotel because it was so gritty. <laughs> And uh, whatever. So they were still friends in the, you know, I think one of them just died in 2016 or something, but they were friends all this time from the 60s. So 
whatever. Uh, that was pretty good. What else did I watch? I watched something else. Gosh darn it. Uh, that was really good. Oh, uh, Chinatown uh, okay. with Jack Nicholson and Faye Dunaway from 1974. Yeah. Is that a good, is that a good movie? Oh man. Is it good? Really? Jack Nicholson is just so cool. Yeah. And it, and, uh, he plays a private detective in, uh, like twenties Los Angeles. And, uh, Ooh, I uh, like those like 60s, mm -hmm. 70s movies that are period pieces. Like there's something about the, especially that noir. Yeah. There's exactly what it is. Dark, dark, so much character, right? Yeah, which kind of led to like your Serpico films and your Dirty Harrys and your LA Confidential too. LA Confidential in the nineties, yeah. Uh, um, it's it's got a lot in common with LA Confidential actually, mm. uh, a little bit. But uh, it's got an ending that you'd never. How about predict. Harlem Nights? Ooh, I always like Harlem Nights with Richard Pryor and uh, <laughs> no, uh, uh, yes, and Eddie Murphy, was, yeah, Eddie Murphy and and Red Skelton. Or not Red Skelton, Jesus. Red Skelton's Red in it, I think. Red not Fox. Red Skelton, Red, Red Fox. Fox. Red That's, Fox, right. By the way, yeah. I saw Red Skelton in concert. No Our, shit. My dad was a insane Red Skelton fan, and he's got two paintings that he bought in Hawaii because, you know, he's an amazing painter, and they're of himself in, like, different, like, the ball right. or the hobo or other. Clem Hopper. Yeah. So, um, but anyways, Red Fox is in it, and, like, and who's that bigger lady that God, this movie is so funny. Well, why don't you swallow it and shut the fuck up? Like nice. when he's making the call, he needs the glasses. He's like seven. They're like, man, you blind motherfucker. That's an eight. Like it's fucking hysterical, dude. I somehow <laughs> got so I never saw I never saw that movie to tell you oh, too, even though I fucking, fucking wanted to. Arsenio uh, Hall. All right. All right, Jed, what's up with you? <laughs> we're bringing it to the we're bringing it to the streets right now for, for, for tribe, I guess. Um, you know, not much is up with me. It's been like kind of a weird week. I think something like something's in retrograde, or I, you know, it's the Oof. lots You're of weird that storms going on and all sorts of stuff. But uh, you know, I'm good. I'm just going with the punches and doing the thing. Um, I've been listening to a lot of. Midnight Marauders by Tribe yeah. Called Quest Indeed. and uh, other various hip hop that's like kind of reminded me of like the era of really digging deep into that world. And, sure. uh, and this, this was the album I picked as like my starting point. Like I think it was 94, 95. I had like just started listening to the Beastie Boys, which was also, you know, like first season kind of, we all gave a little tribute and maybe right. one in the you know future. Right. Um, but yeah, like, like that was special for all of us. And then this was the one that like, it hit the like perfect nerve for me between sampling like amazing, amazing music and putting Absolutely. it into a flow that was not about like shooting people with machine guns sure. and, uh, like I, I, I never felt like very it comfortable. Like machine. I think, well, like, you know, it's like hard to, it's hard to, it's hard to connect to too, when it's like, just like this, almost like this fantasy world in your head that they're creating. Yeah. I'm like, I'm a white kid from the suburbs. Like yeah, I felt like I was like, yeah, not a, like right. I, I didn't get it. Like I, I, I totally. was like, not, I couldn't figure it out. Um, or like, 
or like I was like not supposed to get it. <laughs> maybe sure, maybe that right. wasn't really for I me. Mean, um, I, but at the same say, time now, like, I mean, I say that like thinking of myself as a kid, but like now, like there's so much in like the poetry of hip hop, like back in the day that like has brought a tear to my eye these days, like listening back to like Tupac, how prof- like how prophetic. And, and that's it was, what I think right? this, like th- this uh, episode is kind of about is just like, I think hip hop hits a, a nerve for everyone or a, a place of endearment at like a certain time in their life. And, uh, or if you don't, maybe it's somewhere, you know, it's something to start because it's, it's right. poetry of our time. And, uh, and there's a lot that's being said there, which is like worth listening to. And like, this was the first one for me that like hit that perfect spot. Nice. And, uh, and I love like the, it's the first uh, hip hop album. And I it's kind of, the nuance of hip hop that I kind of carried on and continued to listen to is this sort of uh, this trend of like humor and playfulness that wasn't, and that's what my, like, it's, it's not about, you know, the weight of the streets. It's more about sure. lifting people, you know, kind of above where they, they come from. And, uh, and there's, so there's a lightness to this album and there's really, really great beats and, uh, Amazing, some, some amazing lyrics. Like you know, you have Absolutely. to. You really do have to go back and like lyrically listen to it uh, or read it to like really dive in deep. But like, there's so much about the world that you can learn from these guys, and they influence so many people along the way, and like still continue to do, and uh, you know, including. Uh, you know, Beastie Boys, obviously, like Q Tip was on uh, uh on, on no communication, communication. Right. maybe, and maybe that's made one of mine somewhere else, too. But like, that's one, yeah, of my that was like that was my first. I, I didn't really oh, yeah. even think about that being on my first season. <laughs> Ill communication was my Beastie Boys album, sure, right? but uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's where I'm at with it. So, what do you guys think about it? I've got like so, a few, so do you guys mind? Can I? Can I yeah, go for it? So um, my take and Jed, so I was excited when you picked this because I wasn't as familiar with this as I was um, the low in theory, but it made me dig into this, which this, like you said, um, you got to go back and listen to it. And that that's what kind of keeps me coming is because you'll hear like some witty rhyme or reference, like you'll cut to a new one every time you listen to it. And you're just like, God damn, that's good. Like, how do you, and a part of, and Kevin and I have talked about this and I've talked about it with you guys as well. Like good music makes you work a little harder to like it sometimes, but when it clicks, it's, it'll, it'll Mm -hmm. never go like, it'll never not be good to you. Good good music is often ahead of its time before it takes a little while for it to soak into like, you know, it might be critically acclaimed or something like that, but it, it might take a few years for, you know, just like Paul's Boutique. Yeah. Paul's Boutique was kind of yeah. like that. Uh, the Rolling Stones were quite like that, where their albums were, you know, somewhat groundbreaking and they sounded weird and funny when they came out, but now it's all part of the canon. Um, I think, you know, there's a lot of genres where, you know, that can be said for the groundbreakers. Yeah. And they were, they were some of the first to like, you know, yeah, get really get in there with 
taking jazz references and absolutely and uh you know stuff from stuff from reggae i mean i guess reggae has always had a riff in the hip-hop game but like sure you know from for all all over the place and and really meld it and and turn it into like some real flow like i was listening back today about you know like their tribe like constantly references the zulu nation which is like the you know hip hip-hop like reference group by um what was his name? No, I'm blanking on his name, of course. Africa Bombada? Yeah, oh, Africa Bombada. Oh, and, and I was, thank you, Drew. Yeah, that's a whole in oh, one t- as far as, as I'm my, concerned. As my, as, my, as my tongue was tied. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Pulled it out of, from the mouths of that babes. That is fantastic uh, that you pulled Africa that for Bombada? me. Africa Bombada? Thank you. Thank you. Right, yeah. But yeah, you listen to it, and it is tasty and funky and like crazy like like 70s 80s like you know if if there was someone that mixed you know like i would love to see the collaboration between like parliament and africa and the zulu nation you know like that and maybe it happened i you know like i'm sure that there's a lot of cross-pollination there over the years um which is something an avenue i've never explored but anyway Onto this. I think this is an album where they really learned to like put that flow of so many things and meld it into, you know, one kind of like just perfect amalgamation of beat and flow and, and vibe. And that's what you've said flow. And I got to, I mean, nothing flows together like Five Dog and Q Tips, like Ryan's I vocals. I yeah. mean, it was. It was like the whole Beastie Boys contrast between, and you know exactly when one or the other is rhyming. MCA. Um, yeah, there's a great, there's a right. great moment in uh, "We Can Get Down" like that. I love that. Tune, and I've got I, we we'll, maybe we'll down. throw a clip in there, but it's yeah, it's perfect. Like between yeah, like we'll second and there. third verse or something, it's like Fife, and then he throws it to Q-Tip, and it's just like the, the conversation that they can have on on. on in these songs is is so fun and so great. I'm not the average MC with the Joe Smoke flow. If you don't know me by now, you never know. Stepping on my critics, beating on my foes. The plan is to stay focused, only then I can go. Straight from the heart, I represent hip hop. I be three albums deep, but I don't wanna go pop. Too many candy rappers seem to be at the top. Too much candy is no good, so now I'm closing the shop. Crush your competition like a tiger's on grapes. My rhyme styles be bending like a raunchy tape. My man, where you going? You can't escape. When the tribe is in the house, it means nobody is safe. How can I ever preach when a record? So, uh, what's his name? <laughs> what's his name? Fife Dog. Fife Dog? Fife Dog's uh, rapping remind me an enormous amount of Ice Cube. Because oh, I had a few yeah. ice cube Yeah, he definitely has some ice cubes. The way he rolls it off his tongue and whatever else, yeah. and, and you know, kind of states it out flat. Um, I got I got a lot of that out of it, and also liked that very much. Sure, dude, Cube was a badass. Yeah, yeah. fucking like, you know, a lot of power. In, in well, and 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 uh, and Fife had a lot. Like he played a lot more, or he was doing most of the rapping on Low End Theory. And so for this album, he really pushed Q-Tip to start rapping more and like, you know, which, doing which those trades with him and playing, which is great. And it, you know, definitely helped Q-Tip along the way because hells, yeah, you know, he's made a career of, of of rubbing shoulders with people and 
That's awesome. And uh, I mean, back to, so this album, when I listened to it, so of course, then I listened to Low on Theory right after it and then listened to this and I was kind of switching back and forth, but I sat in a parking lot and it's a, that's a whole nother story altogether for like hours on a Saturday because I had to. And, um, I listened to this and then it led me to the BC boys and that ill communication record again, which is just, I mean, it just, they, and De La Soul. Um, yeah, De La Soul is the I, other one that was really doing kind of right. along they, the same vein. We we unfortunately can't sample anything because they kind of got screwed. Yes, in record they dealings, did. But, I noticed that. Yeah. Um, so, um, and they were kind of in that same collective, right? De La Soul, weren't they in that same collective? That uh, I believe so. In? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, like there were a lot of East Coast hip hop yeah. like this was the golden age right and so like sure. i mean you can draw a it's all line. collabs it's constantly like yeah. they're constantly working together you like know kmd are was part of this yeah um like i mean i think about like the introduction no kmd that was doomed that's first why day. i was asking yeah it's no that was uh that was like uh, that was like you can draw the line basically um and i always do it for me it always ends at doom like it always inevitably ends in doom. And like yep. KMD was part of that. This album, I had this as a college student. Like I had this CD because it was just, it happened to be the tribe called, like I knew. That's right. That was probably the right, the right, right time, right? I was right? Like, like a freshman this in high just happened were... to be the tribe called quest album that was out at the time. And I knew that I should listen to tribe called quest. Like I right, had, right. you know, like I had, he, they were part of a collection of artists that I felt like I needed to better understand. Like, you know, as a white kid growing up in the suburbs. Yeah. Like gangster rap felt to me like a room that I didn't belong in. Right. Exactly. Um, that was, a, that's no. a much smoother way of me explaining that. Right. Yep. Like it's just, it's not for me, whatever, even though like Andrew, I fucking dug ice cube, man. I had the predator. Oh, like, yeah. I love that shit. Today was a good Dude. day is one of the best yeah, songs of all Absolutely. time. Like I it agree. just is. I, ice cube, in, in that way, it was part of this kind of collection of stuff and tribe called quest. Definitely like the low end theory. It was before this. Right. So it bought correct. them. It was two the years. Cred, yeah. Right. Like it bought them the cred to be kind of mentioned mm -hmm. amongst these other acts. And so mm -hmm. that's how it kind of happened for me. Like I just knew I should, should kind of hear what Tribe Called yeah. Quest was about. And right. this was the new album. So I bought it. And yeah, like it, it like it hit, it hits you from the, the get go. I mean, you get, you know, it opens with that tour guide stuff. Right. It's kind of like the That's digitized cool. computerized the fun, voice. Yeah. The fun skit. They saw right? like that was an introduction yeah. that wasn't happening a lot then. No. Right. no it happens like all the, the time now. We the set album, the tone. Right. It's the songs all flow together. It's like, it's a narrative piece kind of right. like the flow of it together album. is intentional. Yeah. It's well-crafted classic golden age rap from like one of the like hip hop royalty basically. And, yeah. and groundbreaking, groundbreaking, like you said, Jed, with its samples of jazz and like it. Uh, R&B. Yes. I mean, in no, in they uh, like people were doing stuff differently 
and they kind of created their own path with that. It was freaking cool as shit. And it was in an era where they could kind of do that and sure. flex things out and people would sell them the, sure. the rights to stuff pretty cheap so, on the back end. <laughs> so let's go down the, let's, let's cruise through some songs real quick or mm-hmm. not real quick, but let's, let's uh, give the people what they paid for. Okay. So yeah, we had the, the, <laughs> the, the tour guide uh, is the first track and then uh, Steve Biko. Jed, do you want to talk about yeah. that a little bit? Uh, Steve Biko, stir it up. It comes Shahid, so we must bear the witness. Stir it up, stir it up, stir it up, stir it up, stir it Represent, represent, then the dog is scientific with the styles I invent. A drop for quest, represent, represent, then MCs like to metal, but here's my proposition. You know, it's kind of the introduction. It's like kind of just telling you where, you know, where you are right here. It has a great vibe. It's just, yeah, like yeah. there's a, there's a, there's, it's a smooth entry into sort of this world that, that they're introducing you to. And that right world on. is, you know, a little bit rough and, but still playful and, you know, full of life and, and uh, it's ultimately listenable and playful. Um, you know, I think, I think this offers something to a lot of people who are like, you know, quote unquote gangster rap kind of came on like a wave and uh, it kind of was, it was the end of all roads for a certain number of types of, of rap at the time. And then I think it kind of obliterated on itself and it left a wide open door for something else. <laughs> yeah. Things, bad things started happening in that world. Yeah. It's like a little too real. And, and you know, I don't want to take away anyone's culture or anything like that, but honestly it wasn't the most creative thing to ever happen to uh, music. And also um, it started to get appropriated by people like kid rock and whatnot and stuff like that. Time. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't we talk about award tour? Because I like that song. Yeah, let's. Okay, so let's okay. talk about award. Let's talk tour. about award tour. Yeah, I mean it's like they're you know it was very, their high, highest charting single. Yeah, and let's uh, do it. One of the most. I am doing it, and uh, you know it's probably one of the most familiar, consistent hooks on the. Uh, on the album. This was one of the first ones that that hit me when like when I owned the CD and looking back on the fact that they sampled uh, Charles Erland in this song. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, who um, is one of the all timers, uh, you know, just another one of those classic funk soul riffs, um, you know, just that do, do, do. I don't know. It's yeah, this was, this was, there's a reason why it was one of their highest charting singles. It's just, it's got that hook, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There are so many of those in there. Like I, I've never looked for the like back, you know, oftentimes they'll send, you know, like on a, 
special edition they'll give you like the just the backing tracks with no lyrics right right and i've never tried to listen to it with that on here i'm sure someone has done it if it's not like pulled it off and right to see what it was listened to but like that that would be a great just like living my day <laughs> just like grooving to the back walking tracks, down the road know? right like you're traveling music right as you're walking through the world yeah like that, just letting shit you. bounce off you just right. listen. and that's kind of what that this album does it just lets yeah, like totally lets you live in it it could be your traveling music right um so then Go ahead, Drew. Sorry. Right, let's let's fast forward here and uh, Midnight, which I thought had some of the more gripping. Uh, I mean, it, 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 yeah. Well, it opens up with the female voices saying, "You're a man if you shoot. You're a man if you don't shoot." Right, right. And, or something to that. Light. You're not necessarily a man if you shoot, and you're not necessarily less of a man if you don't. If you don't shoot, yeah. I think that's yep. what they say, which is pretty prophetic. Yeah. I'm a nocturnal animal. God concentrates on a young black man who makes a nigga speak a shake. The nighttime is busiest. Word to Aunt Kizzy is the time we get down. Yo, son, you know the sound. The flavor's on the top with the rugged beat to back it. The night makes the aura and the Jake can't hack it. The way the moon dangles in the midnight sky and the stars dance around it. Yo, I think it's fly. Intensity. Most rappers don't see it. Spirit-wise. Musically, you gotta be it. Serenity assignments of the sounds and emotions in the concrete jungle when the sun I think it's hard to find the words on how I feel. I paid about a boost 20 for the Ampex feel. Well, let me slow down. I think I ran my gyps enough. And yeah, this is their way of commenting on the like police culture at the time and, you know. Right. What's relatively current. <laughs> I'm not sure there's right, like, ever a not a time. Uh, yeah. And this is one of those songs that really like when you sit to, sit back now and you listen to it deep and think about the lyrics, you're like, holy shit, like. Have we like, gone? Have we gotten anywhere? <laughs> like this is right. this is a long time ago. <laughs> True. And, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, the one of the main artists sampled in this song is George Duke, and so you can oh, directly draw damn. a line in between Tribe Called Quest and Frank Zappa right here. Wow, that's wow. super cool, right? Dude. I didn't <laughs> <Yeah>. know that. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's you were it's, saving that one. Nice. Well, it's the whole ain't a damn <laughs> thing changed, right? You know, um, and so the stuff that they're singing about, yeah, it's it, it's as true then as it is today. You know, that's mind blowing, dude. I do. You're always good for one of those an episode. Just <laughs> my head, just. Um, well, I, I tossed out. I mean, I tossed out. Uh, we can get down. I think that's we that's can just get like down great. is a jam. Just right? such oh, a yeah. jam. It's just such a like groovy like, and they're just talking about just being fucking dope. Like we are <laughs> right, <laughs> and we're doing it right. We're doing it with positivity and like you know, kind of. Like this, the negativity is unnecessary. And, you know, like there's just, and there's some great lyrics in there, like um, amazing. And yeah, just, you know, just tasty grooves and beautiful lyrics. The, uh, I love the, I love the line about, you know, all the candy wrappers and lots of candies right. and goods. He closed the store. Oh, yeah, like there's yeah, just, yeah. and just all along about, you know, that not everyone, you know, not everyone needs to be singing about, like the rough shit, you know, and it can still right. be good. And, uh, and Not it was, you know, and, the and they're, shit. they're, they're preaching what they're, I mean, they, they Practicing didn't curse they preach, right? on their first three albums. Right. And that was, you know, like 
1994, 93. And uh, that's kind of jarring when you think about what else is out there right now and totally. like where things it's- have gone. And you, you, it makes you think about like, the good old days of like Sugar Hill Gang and like the like the real starts, you know, the like guys sitting around the park like dropping beats and people Projects. just kind of like having fun and creating art. Who did you mention, and Andrew? What's that? Curtis Who did Blow? you mention? Oh, Curtis Blow. Yeah, I'm playing hey, basketball. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, basketball is my favorite sport. I like to throw the ball <laughs> up and down the court. There you go. That's all you get. So, um, heck yeah, baby. <laughs> right on. Right on. My fat man. boys. Yeah. The fat boys. Hell yeah. What about um? What Relaxing. about? What about electric relaxation, Drew? Oh um, man. Our, let's let's talk oh. about that one because that one is freaking psychedelic. Let's wrap. Let's wrap up on uh, a little clip from Electric Relaxation. Yes. And maybe take a little break and then we can uh, come back and I can hear what like what your guys kind of first foyers into hip hop were. All right. Would that right work? On. Right on. Right on. Right on. Uh, this is a psychedelic ass um, hip hop tune. I dig it, man. Yeah. Right on. Electric relaxation. Uh, we will go out on that. And uh, thanks for listening to the Music Challenge podcast. We will uh, uh, talk to you after the break. We'll be right back. See you soon. See ya. Bye-bye. Hey, yo, my man Fife Diggy, he got something to say. I like him brown, yellow, Puerto Rican, and Haitian. Mm. Name is Fife Dork from the Zulu Nation. Told you in the jam that we could get down. Now let's knock the boots like the group H-Town. You got BBD all on your bedroom wall. But I'm above the rim and this is how I bore. A gritty little something on the New York street. This is how I represent over this here beat. Talking about you. Yo, I took you out. But sex was on my mind, pulled the whole damn route. My mom was in a frenzy in a horny state. But I couldn't drop dimes because you couldn't relate. You couldn't relate. You couldn't relate. This is Andrew, one of the hosts from the Music Challenge Podcast, and I want to tell you how you can help us bring you more awesome music commentary episodes. You can subscribe in the listening app of your choice, or you can share this episode with someone you think might dig it. Please leave a rating and review for us on the listening app of your choice, or you can get in touch with us at musicchallengepod at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook. Just search Music Challenge Pod and like us to follow us. We hope you enjoy the Music Challenge Podcast. And thanks for listening. to the music challenge podcast you are joining in on our conversation on 
hip hop. And uh, first, we uh, talked about the album from a tribe called Quest called Midnight Marauders from 1993. Very awesome album. And now we're going to delve a little bit into uh, just what brought the four of us of a certain demographic um, to hip hop or rap as it stands uh, at the time in modernity. Um, Right. Yeah. So who wants to go ahead and uh, get us kicked off here? I'll go ahead and get started. Um, Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, for me as a white kid growing up in the suburbs in the eighties, I definitely like, I mean, I listened to Prince, right? In the eighties, all throughout the eighties, like I, you know, listen to Michael Jackson, um, you know, and when love them hip hop, like when hip hop started, I think I was probably more into rock music, just being honest, right? But then I got to college, right? And this was, you know, this was the early nineties, and so like realizing as a white kid that in order to succeed in life, you needed to learn how to interact with people who didn't look like you. Right. Like, and that's kind of the the first time in your life outside of that high school bubble, you know, outside of that comfort zone, you really learn that like, okay, there's other, there's other viewpoints you need to incorporate into your own worldview. Right. And so like in kind of, learning about other cultures and kind of realizing like music was a really easy way to do that. Right. And so that was for me kind of a safe, easy, accessible way to learn about other stuff. And so, you know, during that time you actually had to collect music. And so going to places like going to record stores and like, or going to the store and like buying a magazine to read about like musically, what are people listening to? Like what's going on here? Like those sorts of things. There was this, yeah, this kind of, so weird, right? Like, yeah, you had to actively seek out information, right? Yeah. So like Tribe Called Quest was definitely one of those bands, but then there were all these other things like Tribe Called Quest kind of happened a little bit after that and, and rose to the surface. But like, I'm thinking about all those bands that were kind of around at the time. One of those first entree points into hip hop, I think for me was really, I mean, probably like thinking about the the stuff around that time, it was probably like iced tea. Like if you think about it, right? Because I was there with right? you. Oh, like yeah. if you That's think what I about, think of. Right? You, you think about like his association with that band Body Count, like in like Down with the Body oh, Count, yeah. right? Like he, like he had this aura that like white teenagers could somehow identify with like the rage that was going on in the world at that time. (laughs) Yeah. He had a different audience. Right. Um, But like, if you think about like what, what was going on at the time, like Dr. Dre, the chronic was probably like that, that was it. 
back on that ass, what a hell of a gangster lean. Getting funky on the mic like an old batch of collard greens. It's the capital S O S of fresh and double O P D O double G Y D O double G. You see, showing much flex when it's time to wreck a mic. Pimping hoes and clocking a grip like my name was Dolomite. Yeah, and it don't quit. I think they in the mood for some motherfucking G shit. Yeah. So dry. What up, dog? Gotta get them what they want. What's that, G? We gotta break them off something. Dude, that was issued to every like middle class white kid in college that I knew. It was yeah. like so I mean that was that was kind of it, right? So here are your books and here's a copy of the Exactly. Chronic, like right? every like basic to, white kid going to college during that time. Yeah, was your West Coast issue. that was your West Coast right? album. Um yeah. and which so is of course that, how I sorted my CDs. <laughs> East Coast and West Coast. East Coast, Coast and right? West Coast. In my apartment, yeah. yeah. They couldn't hang on the same shelf, right? Because of yeah, because right. of the beef at the time. I got stuff. <laughs> but basically, I mean that was that was like the entree for me, right? And so kind of like figuring some of that stuff so, out. Um, you know, like the chronic was really, yeah. I mean, that was like that was one of the most accessible albums ever made. Sure. And like you could still throw it on at a party, and oh yeah, people. Well, I mean, especially oh, I mean, I'll generation. probably listen to it tomorrow. I've intentionally right. like not played a lot of West Coast yeah. hip hop, like while I've been listening to this. Leading up right. to this, but I should, but I probably should have. Like I should have been like seeing what's going on. Yeah. In my- and uh, it has been a while since I've listened to the. Crime. So it's, yeah, I guess I have to bring it up because we've been so East Coast intensive during the first half of the show. But yeah, I got a West Coast represent a little bit, and and I think the Chronic was was definitely the album that that kind of you know turned me on to hip hop in that way, and you know the stuff before it. I mean, like we talked about it a little bit before. For me, everything nowadays kind of leads back to Doom, but like thinking about Third Base and. KM. Oh my gosh. I haven't thought about right? third the base gas face. Right. Time. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like that. Um, I saw, I saw EPMD and um, <laughs> big daddy Kane, I think. Hell in yeah. Concert. And big daddy. Dude, EPMD Kane. was great. Yeah. But, but my, like I remember I, that. And I was like, a wee bit too young to sneak away. <laughs> um, and, and my sister's boyfriend took me and it was great. But my lead in to this, I guess, and outside of the BC boys, which was a little bit earlier than this, when we've talked about them at length, obviously we all covered or three of us covered three of their records. But um, my lead in was, was, was uh, KRS one and boogie down Productions. Yeah. And, um, and, by all means necessary was the first CD that I ever purchased. Um, and so that album, that record. DJ Doc, you know he's down with us. D Square, he's down with us. Keep on money, Mike, it's down with us. I see you, you know he's down with us. D Nice and Mick Buddha down with us. Miss Melody, she's down with us. Just Ice and DMX are down with us. My manager Mo, he's down with us. Castle D, boy, he's down with us. DJ Red Alert, he's down with us. Robocop, boy, he's down with us. Making funky music is a mo- Same thing, like similar in a tribe called Quest, and the fact that it was like very heady, much so. I think that's a, a great connection for like opposing teams. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so, and I love, I love Karis one and it's a great freaking story, a sad story, but great story. Like Scott LaRock was his, was his DJ initially. And this is kind of crazy, dude, but he had, uh, grown, grown up in New York and ended up getting a scholarship or partial scholarship to play basketball in like Vermont, right. At a smallish school. And when he realized he wasn't going to go pro, he had DJed one night a week at this bar at school, came back to New York, was, you know, in hip hop clubs, um, DJing, whatever. And he, by day, he was a social worker. And that was his, what his degree was in. He was working at this men's home where like people could go and stay and live. And he was part of their, like, like he would talk to people. And KRS One was like, 15 years old or something when he met Scott Rock and he, and Scott Rock was his like social worker and they started boogie down productions and Scott Rock got shot in some like argument BS and killed after their first record. And KRS one went on his boogie down productions, but um, unbelievable story, dude. Like, and he talks obviously at length about Scott Rock in this record. I mean, yeah, I just, I don't know. I love it. It's well, it's, and they're, I mean, they're, they're an obvious like travel note for you in your music collection. Cause like, sure. I mean, Absolutely. they, they like open the world to like sublime and the whole like West for coast. Sure. Punk yes. hardcore kind of transitionary. Rage sublime's scene. Got like, a, that's like, that's an, that's like a completely different branch of the tree that like connects hip hop to like other very, very current music. Totally. I mean, Sublime samples want to want to like a phrase. Oh, yeah. They like shout out chaos. Chaos one. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I didn't. And that's, I don't know. It's cool that you mentioned it because it does lead into that and it's fucking awesome. Um, so how about, um, how about you, how about you, Drew? Uh, Drew. I tell you what, man. Uh, nothing. Uh, I actually listened to a lot of uh, first generation rap. I mentioned Curtis Blow earlier, rapping sure. presence, playing basketball. Uh, the Fat Boys. Uh, the Fat. Boys. Yes. Uh, the Real Roxanne. Uh, kind of, you know, almost in the mid to late. Uh, early eighties, Dougie. Yeah, Fresh. that's like that's early eighties. Um, because I had this. I lived in Rockford, Illinois, and I found this one radio station. You know, like ninety two point one that uh, runs sure. on five thousand watts, and this dude named Rappin' Ray was there every night. I would. Oh, that is. And I would awesome. do my homework to Rappin' Ray every night, and he'd play shit like the Fat Boys <laughs> and whatever you know, and all this other shit. That's amazing. But uh, in any case. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Public Enemy was uh, one of my hardcore. Uh, I, I, we are staying East Coast. I guess so. Midwest, trip. even. And uh, right. um, and the song Louder Than a Bomb was uh, something that I just effing love that song. Uh, his rap in it is so uh, eloquent, but yet uh, he might have the strongest vocal cords ever in rap. Uh, I don't know. Um, but on uh, uh, on the remix album Greatest Misses, uh, there's a version of Louder Than a Bomb that came out in 1993, same year as uh, Tribe Called Quest, uh, Midnight Marauders, mm -hmm. 
and uh, they've remixed it to completely have that softened uh, kind of new vibe that Tribe was putting out. Uh, it kind of has that formula of a heavy backbeat, but with this real kind of harmonic kind of keyboard in the background, you know, it's very simple, sure. you know, there's not much more to it than that. But then, but the, the drum beat has to be heavy enough to support Chuck D's freaking voice. love how that comes off you know the, the stark contrast between the, the keyboards and chuck d's voice is just fucking awesome so hey, chuck d had something special he did sure. plus he had flavor right chuck d is still quite prominent uh in the community and on uh modern twi- modern oh, twitter yeah. he, he he plays uh he plays in a band with tom morello from time to time him I can't remember who the other vocalist yes, is, but I, there's another vocalist. I can't think what they're called, but it's like Tom Morello. One of those Chuck just D popped up on else. my, like on my, on one of my like radio chant, like uh-huh. radio things. Uh-huh. I, I like, can't remember. I, what the I gotta run down this little trail. Yeah. Huh. I like uh-huh. those little super, I, I like that the super group is like, has always been happening. Like all, all it, in it, all it, veins and like starting to blend a little bit more, sure. you know, people are doing you know, like, you do some really cool things and so no, do you. And hip hop has always been about the collaboration and not, oh, not yeah, about groups, about the collaborations. Yeah. And, you know, that's just kind of the way it goes. And that's maybe, maybe that's why too, because Tom Morello is all about the collab, man. And he's always kind of walked that tightrope between hip hop and rock and done it fucking beautifully because I love Rage Against the Machine. Um, well, and I think you segue into like a great, um, I think one of the things that I want to say it bridged the gap and was an avenue for white teenagers in the suburbs to appreciate and understand rap. And that was the soundtrack of the movie judgment. Oh dude, that was great. Where they mixed them like helmet and somebody did it together. That was a great, that was a great album. It was, yeah. And so basically, um, it was, it was a, um, it was a collaborative album where they took, they took, um, like kind of a heavier act and they paired them with a hip hop act basically. And they just made an album and they kind of made, it was like the movie was merely an excuse to make the soundtrack, but it seemed like a pretty cool movie. If I recall correctly, it's like dark and violent, right? Okay, so it was like Helmet and House of Pain made a song. Right, De La Soul made a song. Oh, yeah, yes. Club, Living Color and Run yes, DMC. Dude, that shit. Faith No More and Booyah Tribe. Um, one of the best ones was Sonic Youth and Cypress Oh Hill. yes, dude, what a pairing! Right, Dinosaur Junior and Dell the Funky wow. Sapien, and Cypress Hill and Pearl Jam. And so, if you think about those pairings, like. 
Yeah, the that was also like summer of 93. Sure. And so, yeah, there was a lot, like during that time, there was a lot of collaboration. Right. There was a lot of blurring Anthrax. of musical boundaries. For sure, like Cube like, playing I, on that Lollapalooza too. Like, tell me that wasn't like a window into it being like into opening the yep. eyes of middle-class white kids and seeing Cube play after Pearl Jam and be like, dude, it wasn't a Cube that was on that first Lollapalooza? I swear it was. Yeah, and then there was Ice-T and Body Count. Ice-T and Body Count were on the Is that what it was? was and was Cube on the second? I saw that Cube too. was after that, him. yeah. I saw there's a lot of things from La Palooza too that I seem to have lost uh, memory of. Gee, a cot, you know, uh, hazy memories of a thirty year old concert. I tinly yeah, right. here, Come man. on, you remember that, <laughs> Rob? Rob, have you listened? Like, I, it, you're talking about Tom Morello reminded me that yeah. uh, Zach De La Roca uh, has done so much with like Run the Jewels and like oh, lots yeah. of other people. I love that, including yeah, like I an old that, Outcast man. album that I like. From Zankonia? Oh, that's current. That's for, no, this is the deluxe. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's current. But anyway, he's all over the map too and doing some cool shit and like absolutely. throwing his like very specific thing into the mix. And yeah, I like the blending of everyone. Like I like where music goes sometimes when you sure. push some different music together. So Jeb, what was your intro into a hip hop and or rap as we know it? Well, hip hip hop intro was really that you know like De La Soul and uh, Three Feet High and Rising was a really great kind of instrumental album and that we unfortunately can't listen to, right? Um, unless you like still own the CD, find it on YouTube. Yeah, people. find it on YouTube, yeah. listen to it, and then I went down a whole different avenue. You know, like a whole different avenue of music. You know, I traveled far and wide. Um, but then I did like in, in my, I guess I was in my like early twenties, I kind of came back to it and found doom through, uh, mad villain, which was a kind of collab with another great artist called, uh, mad lib. And they did some amazing things together. And, uh, yeah, like, that album was really, really yeah. instrumental in like getting me back into hip hop and really wanting to like dive deeper into it and listen to it. And uh, yeah, it's a pretty incredible album. And then like most of what both of those people have produced is pretty, in what, pretty amazing. Oh, yeah. I'll, vouch, that I'll vouch for Mad yeah. Villain. It's Mad Villainy. Mad Villainy. Yeah. Mad Villainy. Or mm, food yeah, or danger doom with uh danger mouse who's also that's kind of the doom holy yeah Trinity, like that's an awesome I, I mean like he's an awesome awesome DJ too that like they did a great great really fun like kind of hysterical album mm. that was all based around uh what was the uh who's the guy like what was the the comic on it it's just hilarious. You kind of just have to go with it and listen to it. My, I, I listen, I, I, I throw it on for my daughter cause it doesn't have a ton of swearing on it sure. and it's like, and it's funny and it sort of has that same rhythm as a, uh, like a weird YouTube thing that she would watch sure. sometimes. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, maybe we should do something off of danger Doom. What do you think, Kevin? Do you think would that be yeah, a good call? I would call? say, that's yes, a great reference you know what? I'm going to something that's like a little more current. 
right? Yeah. How about Beat Mouse? Yeah, that's great. Perfect. Now, now I'm now I'm intrigued. I got to listen to it. Okay. Oh, you're gonna love it. It's it's like a comedy album. <laughs> it's great. Wow. It's so fun. Off the, off the mouse and the mask from uh, 2005. The mouse and the mask is the name of it. Of the album. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, there's a song called Mincemeat. Mincemeat, yes, um, Mincemeat's great. Yes, Mincemeat. That, like, the drum beat, um, yeah, like, um, Danger Mouse is, like, his drum beat in that song, what he lays down for Doom to rap <laughs> yes. over, and the flow, like, all of it together. I don't know. It's, like, Doom's got a handful of these songs that, to me, are, like, perfect. Yes, this is on my list of, the get -go. of perfect Doom. And this is this is on the team photo. Like, there's a couple of Victor Vaughn songs that are like that. Um, he's Because he's got different characters. And this one, yeah, Mincemeat. Um, let's go out. Yeah, on right on. I All like right, that. well, I, I guess we're wrapping it up for tonight. And we are going to go out on Mincemeat by Doom. Danger Doom. Danger Doom. Doom. Danger, Danger Doom. Doom. <laughs> Danger Doom. Mince Meat by Danger Doom. Dead Mouse. It's all about the collapse. Right on. Dead Mouse. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Isn't that yes, a Yes, I think right? so. Oh, there we go. Dead Mouse? Right on. Close. Yeah. Right on. All right. Danger Doom. No. Someone actually say it again. Danger, Danger Doom. Doom. That was it. Yep, you're right. You got uh, it. Danger Doom. You know, um, you, yeah. in finality, you got it. Me. <laughs> All right, fair. folks, have a great night. And uh, <laughs> yes, rate us five stars, please. Thank you, guys. This conversation is five yeah, star if you worthy. Listen to this, it, You've made it yeah. this far. We love you, you so much. Want to give us yeah. five stars? We should stars send you gift cards here. for making it to here, the end I will of this give one. You we five love stars. you. How about that? We'll give each other Exactly. We love you, especially the people overseas. God yeah, thank you, you guys. All. Oh, my God. Thank you for listening to these goofy Americans talk about music, but we love you. All right. Thanks, guys. Take it easy. We'll see you later. Bye. In a frat street house, I'll make mince meat out of that beat mouse. Welcome to the show. Remember, whatever you do, do not boo the flow. School the dumb on the number one rule of thumb. What a fool. Still never met a cooler bum. Give the drummer some rum. I'm sure he can use a shot just to get his cues hot. I'm sure he don't lose his spot. A stranger who speaks to you vocal. Danger made the beat get a freak to do the bogle. No bull. Everything they wanted, they grabbed and took. Whole lab looked like an ill left jab and hook. Even had a secretary to take the calls. Shake it and make it fall. I told her don't break my balls. Wherever mouse go, trouble follows. Thank you.